Hello and welcome to Dear Perry and Menopause. I'm your host, Joe Dodd. I'm an author, speaker and coach and also at the moment working a full-time job in corporate America. Yes, I'm here to show you that you can do it all. Just because you're in or entering midlife and possibly dealing with the sneaky snarky sisters Perry and menopause doesn't mean you have to put your life on hold. Why not come with me on this journey where we will learn, laugh and lead our way together. Let's change the paradigms and release the stigmas associated with perimenopause and menopause. Let's chat with experts, share our stories, create our menofestos and figure out a way to menoshine because no one should have to pause. Hello, lovely friends. How are you? I know it has been a while. I know. And I will be sharing an episode soon to fill you in on everything, to fill you in on why I stopped talking about the Atomic Habits book. I know I was on this two-week roll of being really excited and and preparing a chapter every week. I will fill you in on that soon um, as to why there wasn't a chapter three and what's been going on in my life. Things are really good. I just had a bit of a pivot and a bit of a shift, but I will fill you in on that soon. But in the meantime, I wanted to present to you a a podcast that I actually recorded a lot earlier this year. And it's with the wonderful Courtney LaCava, who I'll explain a bit about who she is in just a moment. But earlier in the year, I did quite a few podcast interviews with various women who had inspired me, or helped me in some way with my perimenopause journey. And Courtney came to me through a friend and, oh my goodness, she's just such an inspiring person and has so much to share on a topic that I think people know very little about, or maybe, maybe not, maybe it's just me, but it's the topic of Ayurveda. And we get into it in this episode and it's really interesting to understand what Ayurveda is how it works and how Courtney helps women change their lives, basically. So Courtney is an Ayurvedic practitioner and a certified health coach, and she's a mama to two little boys. She discovered Ayurveda through her own health crisis with chronic fatigue back in 2005, and Ayurveda allowed her to heal the root of her challenges and live a more empowered life. Through Ayurveda and somatic experiencing, she guides women to live a deeply satisfying life by reclaiming their connection to their body and nature and accessing the abundant vitality that's their birthright. So, oh my goodness, I can't wait for you to listen to this conversation because it really was eye-opening for me. There's so much to learn about this. And to be honest, I'm going to be digging in more with Courtney Um, towards the end of the year, beginning of next year, because I just think she can share so much and it just resonates with me. So I hope it does with you too. I'd love to hear from you. Let me know what you think. I will drop links in the notes section to let you know where you can find out more about Courtney and her incredible work. You can visit her website. You can follow her on Instagram. And also you can schedule a free discovery call with her. She's offering those and she's actually launching a program here in November. So have a listen, see what you think. Let me know if this resonates and by all means, reach out to Courtney. She's a phenomenal person and I really hope that you enjoy this episode. Hi, Courtney. Thanks so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. 
Yeah, it's lovely to get to to chat with you. I, there's okay. so much, as we said before I hit record, there is so yeah. much that I would personally like to ask you about what you sure. do. But can we start first, if you wouldn't mind, just give me a little bit of background about you, your journey, mm-hmm. where you are and what you're doing, um, what led you to this work? Absolutely. Um, so my name is Courtney LaCava. I am an Ayurvedic practitioner and health coach. I'm also a mom to two young boys, six and nine. And I started my journey years ago. First, it started, I, I kind of grew up in a family where my dad was really focused on natural healing. So I had that blessing mm-hmm. of being more holistically minded. Um, and then when I was, and then I started practicing yoga. So in my early, early twenties, so mm-hmm. that really expanded my worldview and my view about my body and really changed my life. But I went through a healing crisis after graduate school in my late twenties, where I had a pretty severe chronic fatigue after going through grad school and just like having a super intense experience and then just really burning out. Mm. And at that time, even yoga wasn't helping me in the way that I wanted it to and some of the other holistic modalities. Um, But I got myself well enough to go to a yoga teacher training Mm. And someone came in and started talking about Ayurveda during that yoga teacher training. And I always joked that like, she was literally glowing and I was just like, whatever she's doing, I want to do. <laughs> um, but she was speaking the language of what it felt so logical and, and intuitive. Like, this is how I experience my body. This makes so much sense to me. Mm. And so I started seeing a practitioner at that point and, um, just started healing myself. I immediately felt my system like relax and feel like it was being nourished for the first time in a way that I uniquely needed to be nourished. And then I went on to um, actually pass up an opportunity to get my PhD at a school that I was like dreamed about going to um, for most of my life in order to to study Ayurveda. And so that's where, that's the origin story of what I'm, what I'm doing. And then once I had kids, it was kind of like, okay, I really need to reframe how I do this. And I realized that we heal so much better when we work in community. So I started creating um, health coaching groups for women based on the wisdom of Ayurveda. Wow, that's fascinating. There's so much to dig into there. So yeah, so I I love that you've been on this journey yourself. And so you've, Mm -hmm. as you've learned about Ayurveda, from what you said, you've healed yourself. So Mm -hmm. can you, for those listening, and I'm, I'm one of those, I know, I feel like I know bits about Ayurveda, Mm -hmm. but I don't know enough um yeah. I heard like like it's like it goes it pairs nicely with the yoga but in my mind it's mm. all about you know the eating side of yoga if you would put right. yoga into an eating plan or something like that but can you can you tell us as much as you can what what is Ayurveda and, and what's sure behind it so Ayurveda is the roots are in the word uh, Sanskrit language. And so they the roots of the words are Ayus and Veda. Ayus means life and Veda means wisdom or knowledge or science. It can also be interpreted oh. the science of life or the wisdom of life. Okay. Um, these are fortified. This is a 45,000 year old practice and it's actually a sister science of yoga. So they, they're right. two sides of the same coin. So we think of yoga as like yoga poses or yoga asana. Um, yeah. But yoga is really bigger than that, which I won't get into. But it, yoga is essentially the tradition that helped us to get to a state of higher consciousness or enlightenment. And the ancients understood that if you're going to do that, you need to have a really healthy and sound body and mind. So it helps to create this resilience and adaptability in the body and mind. And they also recognize that we are part of nature, that our, that our systems, you know, we are, we can, we can look at the animal world and be like, yeah, we, we see the animals are moving with a certain rhythm. Well, we as humans are as well. And we have a circadian rhythm as women. We also have 
a moon cycle that is reflective of the, the moon's rhythms. We have seasonal rhythms. We also have three primary phases of life. So it's, that's really important when we're talking about menopause, which maybe we can get into. Yeah. And, and we also have our own unique mind body constitution. So in Ayurveda, we determine this is, you know, some who's this, this person's unique mind body constitution. And this is how we would support them through diet, through their daily habits, through herbs, through meditation, through all the practices that they're doing. Mm. Um, and what I primarily work with are what's called Dinachari, which is these basically 10 essential habits, which are fairly universal and kind of tweaked depending on the person's mind body constitution that help to support our system to move in the flow with nature rather than moving against it. And um, much of modern culture really has a swimming upstream. So a lot of us have these like, you know, innately dysregulated nervous systems because we're not really moving through our days in ways where the system can be at true ease. And then that compounds itself. Wow. Okay. So, so much. So how do you, can you talk a bit more about the, the 10 habits that you work mm -hmm. with and what, like, and, and how would you, what how would you introduce that? Yeah. What does that mean? And how do you introduce that to someone who knows nothing about any of this? Yeah. Um, so Ayurveda's let's see, where do I start with this? Ayurveda is based on the five elements, which are okay. into what we call the doshas. They're like these forces of nature. Okay. Um, so if anyone's ever done like a Ayurvedic constitution quiz, they'll say you're yes. a vata or you're a pitta or you're that, a kapha. Yes. Do you know, do you know what you, what your constitution is? I was a kapha when I did it. And okay. that's, that was one of my big questions is I think I've done yeah. one of those quizzes probably four or five times and usually yeah. come up with Kapha, but then I've had something else pop up and I can, I can, I get confused to be honest. So that's why yeah. I'm excited about this conversation today. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, you know, those quizzes are always going to be a little off because we, right. it's hard for us to be objective. Yeah. Um, so and that's why you work with a practitioner. That, <laughs> yeah, you're trained right. to, to do this work. Um, and to identify. Right. So essentially, you know, and this is like the, the Ayurvedic perspective, but it's also backed by Western science that those energetics of like more, uh, those energetic shift throughout the 24 hour cycle of the day. Okay. Um, so we have a time of day where the body and the mind have more stability. It's a great time for doing exercise or at the end of the day, it's a better time to go to bed earlier and get some sleep so that we build upon that restorative energy. Mm -hmm. um, there's a time of day where we have stronger digestion. So we would want to be eating our larger meal during that time and maybe have a smaller meal later, which we kind of do the flip here. Mm -hmm. um, so we're really working with the, the flow of those, those energetic shift every four hours and what, what's so cool is you can see Western science really backs this up. So it's like, when you see the, when you see the researcher, like, this is how the body actually functions optimally. This is what it means to move with that circadian rhythm throughout the day. Mm. Um, so this is, this basic is basically what we're working with. So things like having an earlier, lighter dinner, having lunch as our larger meal of the day, mm -hmm. uh, where we have more fats and proteins. That's actually where I start with because it has such a huge impact. Right. Um, on our physical body, on our mind and emotions, the stability of our mind and emotions, on our digestion, on our sleep. Um, mm -hmm. We kind of, you know, during industrialization, we kind of shift to that late dinner, which is not helpful for our body at all and very mm -hmm. disruptive. Mm -hmm. um, going to bed, you know, ideally by 10 p.m., which I know feels like a stretch for a lot of people. And these are always gradual changes that we make, but what that does is it, it greatly improves the quality of sleep. 
especially for perimenopausal and menopausal women that are dealing with sleep issues. This is one of the huge ones for them. Really? Why yeah. is that then? Well, because um, oftentimes when we move into, it's, it's essentially because our cortisol levels are going to start to come up in the morning, right? We want peak okay. cortisol levels at when we wake up. Okay. Um, and cortisol is a stress hormone. Yep. And the hormones that are like that drop during menopause are those kind of juicy, protective sex hormones of progesterone and estrogen. Uh-huh. So what happens over time is that when we've kind of been r- running on adrenaline for a long time, um, we have high cortisol levels, high stress hormone levels, and those sex hormones get depleted. So when we go through menopause, they actually drop more significantly. And so we're feeling more of that stress hormone kind of running through our system. And then that's when we start to experience greater symptoms during menopause. Um, and so what happens is those like around 2 a.m., those stress hormones naturally start to go up to wake us up, to make us be productive. And we don't have those protective buffer hormones to keep us stable and grounded. Oh my and goodness. So there's like that two to 6 a.m. window and women yeah. are like, I'm awake and I can't go back to sleep. And that's what and, it is. and it's the same kind of thing from the Ayurvedic ones that there's energetics that are kind of naturally elevated during that time. Wow, that's fascinating. Yeah, it really is. So, so what, oh, yeah, go ahead. Carry oh, on. So what happens is when we go to bed before 10 p.m., um, because sleeping eight hours from 12 to eight is not the equivalent of sleeping this eight hours from 10 to six. It's way deeper sleep if you're going to go earlier. Mm. Um and what it does is it, it helps to stabilize and ground the system okay. and tap into that more restorative, rejuvenative energy, what we call kapha dosha. And so you need to help a woman get out of that heightened stress response in her system and getting early sleep is actually one of the best ways to do that. That's amazing. Yeah. And so that, I think that's in, you know, the research I'm doing as I'm starting, mm-hmm. I'm in perimenopause right now. I'm 49, I'll be 50 in September. And I've been struggling with perimenopause for years without realizing it and the one thing I keep coming back to is this very very high stress level that and Mm. I think so many of us can relate to that we've been living Mm -hmm. in this crazy world and yes in 2020 things kind of shut down but then that brought another level of stress in a different way so okay sleep being one of them Mm. a, a way to to really take control of that what other methods do you use with a woman to help her get that under control? Um, well, if I can just take a step back and kind of yeah. speak to the bigger picture of it, yeah, and absolutely. then we can talk a little bit about specifics. I think this is so important and I teach Love them this it. so much because it's like 99% of what I see, okay. whether a woman is uh, perimenopausal, menopausal, or just, you know, even I want young girls and mm-hmm. there's no reason why boys shouldn't also understand this too as well. Okay. Um, from the lens of Eastern medicine, we work in terms of, um, energetics and opposites. So the idea that like increases like opposites balance. So let's say someone's like really fiery and hot, we would balance with with the foods, practices, um, herbs and so forth that are cooling. So it's that basic principle, right? If it's cold out, you're going to warm yourself up. So that's okay. a basic idea of balance. Okay. Um, when we're talking about hormones and we're talking about this Eastern medicine looks more at how the hormones interact with each other and how our lifestyle can impact them as opposed to like this individual hormone does this, this does this, and then we got to tweak those. So I find it really empowering for women to understand 
this is what I can do to actually impact my hormonal health. So the basic idea is we have yin and yang, you know, the yin and yang. Yeah. Symbol, right? I was just okay. ask you about that. Yeah. So if there's wholeness there, when these two parts are together, if you took one part out, there would not be wholeness there. Okay. Um, and we can look at this through our hormonal system as well. For women, there's predominantly, we have stress hormones and sex hormones. The stress hormones are this yang energy, which is masculine, fiery, active. It's like what gets us up, what gets us moving and doing. Okay. And those are adrenaline and cortisol. Those are the stress hormones. Adrenaline gets a lot of press. It comes in early, comes in quick. We feel it. Um, this is like the fight or flight activity in our nervous system, but cortisol is also there and it sits and it hangs around much longer. So all of these have positive purposes, but okay. when cortisol is the most depleting hormone in the system. So when we have lots of cortisol flooding our system it becomes very depleting. And then what happens is the more cortisol we have, it lowers our threshold for stress. So the more we have flooding our system, the less stress it takes for that stress response to trigger. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. That makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah. So then on the other side, we have sex hormones, which are these progesterone and estrogen. We call these the yin hormones. And this is based on the work of Dr. Claudia Welch, by the way, who's one of my mentors. Okay. Um, she, so she talks about how we have, you know, these stress hormones of progesterone and estrogen. These are these yin hormones. Yin energy is a feminine energy. It's cooling. It's nourishing. It's all about rejuvenation, rest, recuperation, kind of like the, the, the subtle energetics, the mystery of life. Um, yeah. If yang is active, yin is like receptive and restorative and rejuvenative mm-hmm. and building. There's a building energy to it. So progesterone is what helps to kind of well, say estrogen is the juiciest hormone, right? It's what builds things. It has feminizing effect on the body. It's what's create the feminizing characteristics of the body. And progesterone is there to kind of keep it in check, create more of it if we need more or stop estrogen from building so much. Yeah. And so here's the piece over time, when we have this like flood of stress hormones or our nervous system's getting the signal, you need to survive this. You need to move through this, this immediately. Um, the progesterone is made in the same pathway as those stress hormones. So our body will always choose survival over reproduction and will pull from progesterone to create more uh, um, stress hormones. And that's how hormonal imbalance happens. And so we can become estrogen dominant or estrogen deficient. Um, And then, so what happens is we move through perimenopause and menopause, those protective sex hormones are going to naturally drop So if we've been kind of running on that stress response, then we start to really feel it. So it's, we call it menopause, the great magnifier, because it's magnifying the ways that we've been living out of balance leading up to this. And there's a lot of spiritual work that needs to be done around that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I love that you just said that actually the great magnifier, because that's Mm -hmm. the sense that I'm getting to is as, as silly as my dark poems are and you know as, mm. as pissed off as I'm saying I am with Perry and menopause the the sneaky snarky twins uh, sisters I have this knowing inside that there's a knowledge there's a wisdom there's something yes. that's telling me and so the book that I'm writing actually like mm-hmm. is it's funny as it's got these little poems is, is how much I hate them the journey that I'm going on by mm-hmm. the end of the book I'm actually going to be thanking them for what yeah. they've taught me along the way. So I love that you've just said that about yeah. that. This is fascinating. So one question and then continue. Mm-hmm. Where does okay. testosterone sit on those? So 
you know, it's not really something that I, I bring into kind of this model quite so much. There definitely are other hormones, but it's not something I speak to as much. Got it. Mostly because I feel like this is step one where women need to kind of look at or what, what really empowers them to take hold and kind of regain their health and their, and their wisdom, that inner wisdom Mm. is how do we start to really value these yin energetics of life? Right. Um, And I think that's really the work that I do is like our, and this is the spiritual piece is like our culture is so young obsessed. You know, the idea is like, we're powerful if we can just push through and override and keep going our value lies in our productivity. And you know, the opposite isn't like, oh, well, then I just lie on the couch all day. No, the opposite is like, how can we identify how we uniquely need to be nourished mm-hmm. and continually give ourselves that? Um, and because that's such a hard shift, that's why I work in groups with women, because to be anchored in community, we need that because there's such a strong kind of pathological push from from the outside. That's so key, isn't it? Is to be a part of a community of like-minded people that are yeah. going through something similar so that you can, yeah. Then, yeah, have that, that spirit to kind of keep going. Yeah. yeah that's so important. You're so right. You know, from the Ayurvedic perspective, when we move into perimenopause or menopause, it's con- considered the Vata phase of life. Vata is air and space elements. So it's less about like the external push and it's more about the internal wisdom that we've accrued. And if we can't psychologically make that shift to recognize, like, I have so much wisdom here and how can I, how can I share this with the world based on what I, what I know I'm here to kind of express and share as opposed to just responding to external External needs. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating. So my gosh, I've got my questions are like popping. (laughs) (laughs) So you just talked about Vata being the the menopausal kind of cycle. So what are the others? You mentioned, so it's Pitta and Kapha and how does that all, what are those cycles and how does that relate? Yeah. Yeah. Good question. Um, so there's the three doshas. So I guess I didn't quite go into those, but Vata yeah. is air and space. And that is, um, rules all kind of movement in the body and in that kind of our environments and okay. Vata is light, it's cold, it's dry. You know, there's not a lot of mass to space and air element. Got it. Um, Pitta is the fire element. So fire and a little bit of water. So it's sharp, it's hot. It's, you know, there's a intensity to, to Pitta. Okay. Alpha is water and earth elements. So it's stable. It's kind of moist. You know, there's a, there's a little bit, it's more matter to it. Okay. So, you know, in terms, like there's many ways we can look at this, but these three doshas kind of rule everything. We can look at it in our own physiology. We all have all three. We just have a predominance of certain ones. Okay. Um, and then we also have like seasonal shifts where we can, we have a Vata season, we have a Pitta season and a Kapha season. And then we have these seasons of life. So early from birth until like, usually like the twenties, you know, when we start to lose our baby fat, Yeah, that's like the end of Kapha phase of life. So it's when we are, it's all about connection. Water element is like connection and nurturing and nourishment. So we're super cute when we're little because <laughs> we need people to take care of us. And like, right. of course, you want to take care of this cute little bundle. So it's all about right. kind of absorbing and learning and connecting. And then when we go into the pitta phase of life, that's when we're like acquiring and creating. So that's like that. And, and, you know, kind of building our, you know, whether we're getting degrees or creating families, it's a period of creation and procreation. 
And then as we move through menopause, we're in that phase of life, which is really about um, that, that internal wisdom, right? We're less physically in the world, like we're actually getting lighter, <laughs> we're less physically in the world, but we've, we've acquired so much. And I think, I think what we are like our generation right now is so, and I definitely women before us, not to say we're the first, but um, right. we can f- change that script around what it means to move into menopause that we can yes. have be these examples of, you know, not necessarily like pushing through and like, we're just going to yeah. keep doing things. Like there's a new way. And I, and what I want to share with women is there's so much even greater power that lies in that yin energetic. When we learn how to, have action, but also stillness and rejuvenation and move into like the deeper mystery of life mm. and to be in that quiet in that space. Like you are going to connect to such greater power than just the power that's like force, which is why so many people are are, are challenged. It just gave me, I literally just got full body chills just hearing oh. you say that because that's, that's what I, I think I've been I'm trying to do with mm-hmm. Menno Shine. So Menno Shine yeah. says no one should have to pause. But it's interesting. I did another podcast interview um, with Kate Kripke, who's a, mm-hmm. a psychotherapist and works with with moms and, men- and maternal mental health. And she was talking about, she brought to my attention too, that there is a time to pause. So I was mm-hmm. saying Menno Shine because no one has to pause. Meaning, my meaning of that is not having to push through, like you just said, this, right. this aggressive, like constant, I've just got to get through this. I have to be resilient. I have to push, push. Right. push. I love the fact that what you're saying of having this balance, this yin, mm-hmm. yin and yang to, to do both, but to do it in a, it's it just feels calming to be able to do both. Right. Mm-hmm. And like you said, to sh- to lead the way and show that we can shine our way through this. This doesn't right. have to be difficult. Yeah. Sure. There are going to be th- some bumps in the road and things that we have to go through, but mm. we get to choose how we go through it. It's so. Yeah. And I think, um, I mean, my perspective on, you know, I don't like to make generalizations, but you know, when we do experience illness or symptoms in the body, there is a call there, you know, yes. to, to listen. And, yes. um, I think that was the gift for me with Ayurveda was like, I mean, I was lucky because there were no answers there. It was just like, I was told it was in my head when I had chronic fatigue or it was probably depression. So I had no choice, but to really go down the rabbit hole of trying to figure out what this was. And that yeah. was like the greatest gift for my life. You know, this is what I do now. So, um, if we, if there's a lot of resistance there to that shift of doing the internal work, yeah, I feel that it is more challenging. It will likely be more challenging. And then, but then there's the other piece of, it's not just in our mind. It's like, we have to, the, the fastest way to heal the mind and the emotions too, is to work with the physical body. So that's what I work with through these habits that are helping our system to move in that flow state with nature mm-hmm. so that our autonomic nervous system is, is, is stable and, and calm. Um, and through that container of working with those habits, we actually have the energy to move, you know, through the world and we're not pulling from adrenal energy, which is going to ask for that loan back eventually, but we're pulling from a deeper creative source, right? Yeah. That like prana, that life force, Shakti prana, we call in yoga and Ayurveda. That's um, right there within us. Yeah. yeah. I, I resonate with this so much because I have had chronic fatigue for mm. years yeah. and it's been up and down and recently has been getting a little bit better. And I think it is mm. ironically because I'm learning about 
stress and I'm learning to calm things in and calm my nervous system and it's helping somewhat. But same thing, I, I actually have now weaned myself off them, but I was on antidepressants. And again, I don't want to, anyone that's mm. on any type of medication, what works for you works yeah. for you. And I don't want mm-hmm. to disregard that. It wasn't working for me. And so I was able to, to wean myself off of antidepressants and I'm now really focused on, okay, I am still having this physical symptom that I am tired. I wake up tired mm, yeah. and I have this realization that it's within me to fix it. There's something within me. And I just, mm. I just wanted to share a, a story because I think it will, it's, it's interesting. So I went to gosh in 2020, no, it was before, mm. tw- it was before 2020, right before everything shut down. I went to this, um, this cooking place where there was a lovely lady who taught about Ayurveda um, mm. but it was almost she's she's phenomenal and so full of knowledge knowledge but it was it was too much for my brain much. To mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so I went in with all these intentions of oh am I going to learn about mm. this and it's going to be great and then I came away going wow that's amazing but I can't I just can't like right. I, it's too I, much. I can't do this but so I I I took on some of what she said and and definitely was integrating some of what she said into my life. And then roll forward to the beginning of 2020. I did some, I don't know, some meditation that I did with someone where they were talking about, you're going to, you know, it was all about what you needed in the year ahead. And so it was asking, you know, guidance on what, what is it that you need in the year ahead? And she said specifically, whatever comes into your mind, is what you need. So what, as crazy as it might sound, it's yeah, what yeah. you need. So mm-hmm. I'm in this meditation and we've been all, you know, it's a group meditation and I I'm sitting there and she's like, okay, so ask, you know, what is it that I need in it for this year? And what came straight into my head was ginger. Awesome. <laughs> and I'm like, ginger. I love it. Why do I need ginger? That's what, what, that's ridiculous. And she, she yeah. had said, okay, whatever mm. the thought is, don't disregard it. Just, just hold mm. it. And then, oh, I took got the wrong way around. So I hadn't gone to the Ayurveda yet. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So I, I did the meditation. Uh-huh. I had ginger. And then it was later that year. That's right. When things oh. opened back up again, I went to this lady in the restaurant mm-hmm. she was telling me how to you know she she did a cooking class and it was really mm-hmm. cool it's a one-on-one cooking class in that she randomly said she was like you know I think your body type your do you know your mm. she was talking about which dosha was was um out of balance for me and she said pitta yeah. was out of balance and she's like you need more ginger in your life and oh, I was like interesting Whoa. yeah oh I'm wow in my mind. so yeah that is like, but that's, that's where my amazing. body is. My, I had this inner knowing that I need that fire, right? I need that right. intensity back because I'm so tired. Is that because I, I know you would need to work with me more to understand it, but like from right. the sounds of it, my kapha dosha is t- is mm. kind of a running everything and I needed more balance. Is that what that's about? Sure. So great, great question. I love how you frame that. Um, so we have our constitution that's determined at the moment of conception. So that's called our prakruti, our mind-body constitution. And um, we all have all three doshas, but we have a unique balance. So for me, I'm, we do it on a scale of one to three. I'm a three pitta, two vata, two kapha. But because we are taking these energetics in through our senses, through the food we eat, through our life experiences, through the weather, through all sorts of things, um, even through the images we take in, you know, all of this stuff is everything we digest is impacting us. Okay. Um, like increases like opposites balance. So when we take in too much of certain energetics, 
then that dosha becomes elevated and we start experiencing symptoms. So the example I give, which is an easy one, is someone who's really pitta or someone who's pitta is fiery. Um, and they're drinking like tons of coffee, alcohol, spicy foods, greasy foods. Those are all pitta aggravating things. And then they start getting um, heartburn, um, okay. reflux or diarrhea, or like, you know, a lot of anger and irritability that's pointing to a pitta imbalance. So for you, most likely because your kapha, kapha is watery and earthy, it probably was weakening your digestion a little bit. And so yeah. she's saying like, give some ginger because that's going to stoke that fire to help to eat up like, or kind of burn some of that excess kapha in your system. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's fascinating. I'm, I'm so, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely, I feel like I could talk to you for a whole day. Yeah. <laughs> it's just amazing. Too. What, when you say you work with you work with groups of women. Do you also mm-hmm. work one-on-one? Like what, how, how do you, yeah. how do you run your, what you do and what works best? Um, so I work with, I do both within the container of the group. So I have a oh, program okay. called essential living. Okay. Um, and, and I work with women over a period of time and it, I really, you brought up the the thing about, it felt like it was too overwhelming. Yes. Yeah. And that's why I work in that container over a period of time, um, sick between six months to a year. Okay. And, and I have people that have stayed with me two to three years because I have continuity programs as well. Um, it's because, and I want to say that this is the fastest way that I have found to get women to this place of deep healing because, we need to be anchored in that in order to work through the harder stuff. The physical stuff actually clears up fairly quickly. The two primary things that I deal with mostly are, or the like top two are uh, fatigue and insomnia. Mm. Um, those are very common ones. And so what happens, you start to heal those things and get these habits in place and make gradual changes. We're not going in and being like, here's a laundry list of things to do. And I'll go do this too. That's young energy. No, we're allowing ourselves to feel into and remember the truth about our physiology, you know, that mm. like remembrance of like, oh, or that knowledge, I need ginger. You like, there's something intuitive there that you are recognizing about your system. And that's true. You really, this really is a remembering. So mm. I work with women um, through essential living through that. We have um, regular group calls, but you also work with me one-on-one through that. And that's where I can really customize and tailor things to you. So we determine your mind, body constitution. Um, I'm also a trained herbalist, so I can, um, recommend herbs to people and work with these 10 basic habits, but also customize them as they need to be customized for you. And just really do some of that deeper, you know, psychological, emotional, and spiritual work, which is like the physical stuff, you know, it gets us in the door, but then that other stuff comes up and that's where it becomes really powerful. Yeah, absolutely. So another question I have, which I'm, I don't want to, I don't want to say it the wrong way because Mm -hmm. I, so I, and I I have to stop saying the word struggle. I'm very aware of the words Mm -hmm. I use and the thoughts I have are driving a lot of what's happening in my world. So I want to say I, over, over the years, I have been on this yo-yo diet and it's Mm -hmm. been getting progressively worse. And I've, Mm -hmm. there've been times where I've just given up and it's like, oh, well, this Mm -hmm. is, I've just hit that time in my life where air quotes, losing weight is just, Mm -hmm it's just not going to happen. And at the same time, I, I'm just not comfortable with the size I am right now because it just doesn't feel healthy for me. And Mm -hmm. I want to get to the state of feeling vibrant and healthy. If in over this time, do you find that women, I, what I'm searching for right now is not 
a diet or Mm -hmm. I've been reading the Galveston diet, which is not a diet, but it's more of a nutrition plan. And, you know, talking about, like you'd mentioned at the beginning, fats and proteins with, with every meal. Um, but as you see women come into this, are you seeing women, does it slow, slowly start to sort itself out or is it more of a, is, is that a conscious thing? If someone comes into your program and they say, I'm not happy with this, I want to release, I'm going to, I'm not going to say lose weight. I'm going to say release some weight because I think Mm -hmm. there's a lot energetically that goes with it too, is carrying extra weight around. Does that, is that something that you talk about in the program or is it less around the actual physical weight and more around what's going on internally? So um, I think that's great because I think that it's a great question because I think as women are moving through perimenopause and menopause, obviously it's something that feels like it's more of a challenge or they have less control over. Yeah. Um, And it it really makes sense from the lens of Ayurveda too. So Mm. the root of the the main challenge that I see for women is, um, and this is also from Dr. Claudia Welch, is lack of physical and emotional nourishment. Mm. so and and that as we move through menopause that becomes kind of more blaringly obvious that that's been what's going on in our life yeah and you know nature is always trying to nourish us she's always trying to nourish us um so when we take a truly holistic approach and we start giving our body the unique kind of nourishment yes through food but Mm -hmm. also through everything that we're doing when we start bringing that yin into our lives which is these small ways in which we apply self-care throughout the day we are we are receiving it's like we you know love is a verb we're we're taking that action to love ourselves even if we're not there here or here yet like we are actually our actions are where the energy of our life you know the reality gets created so um so what I find is that I kind of have to joke because women will come in and like maybe they'll mention that but yeah. then, or sometimes they won't even mention that they want to lose weight. And then we'll talk down the line and they're so excited about all the shifts that happen. And they're like, oh yeah, by the way, I lost 15 pounds or like right. one, one, my favorite example is I had a group member who she was a single mother and she came to me, she had long COVID and she said her energy was like at a negative one. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was, you know, running her own business and her, her child was like two years old. And she, she, she like, she really showed up. She really showed up for herself. And, um, at the end of, and, she, and then within probably three months, she said her energy rebounded to like an eight and yeah. all of her long COVID symptoms decreased. And, um, and none of that surprised me because I see stuff like that happen all the time. And then at the end of the, of the year of us working together, she had mentioned that she, she lost 40 pounds. She said, well, it wasn't one of my goals, but I dropped three sizes and I lost 40 pounds. Wow. So, um, and I love that she was always like, like, I'm not saying she was always skeptical, but she always would like question some things that she yes. went through, but she still did it. And then at the end, she's like, this was life-changing for me. So that's, um, that's you know, that's not everyone loses 40 pounds, but I do find right. that it does happen. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I think, and that's, that's personally what I'm looking for is something that's not focused on mm-hmm. the losing of weight. It's focused. Right. I, I have this goal that I say to myself every day and it's, it's yeah. by my 50th birthday, which is in September, which is totally yeah. achievable. I want to feel vibrant and healthy. I right, don't right. feel that right now. And yeah. I, I know, but I also don't, I have this resistance within me 
which is good because it's it's knowledge from internally that's mm-hmm. coming is it that is not going to happen by pushing myself mm-hmm. on a plan or by pushing myself in an exercise routine mm-hmm. it's going to come from listening and the yeah. key word that I keep hearing you say is nourishing nourishing right. and allowing that mm-hmm. that nourishing to happen I think that's so yeah. that's so key and knowing how to do it uniquely for ourselves and I find the beautiful thing is that just really energetically moves out to, to our families too you know yeah. that they start kind of it, it just really shifts the dynamic um, and then our if we have children or partners they, they see us doing this stuff too right so it sets that example um, right. and you know one thing that that I think is really important and why I do this this way is that I also really want to simplify things for women. I think there's so much, you know, there's so many messages about do this or do that. And even like with holistic healing, you know, like you have to be super rigid about stuff and, and self-denying. And, Mm. and so we can, you know, we can have a whole closet full of supplements and try all these things. And then we're spending all this money and time and energy to just not really feel the way that we want to. So yeah, what I love about Ayurveda is you're really getting the whole picture in a way that's very, very simple and simplified and tailored to you. And then that opens up so much time, money, energy, you know, that you're not having to like play whack-a-mole with your symptoms. Right. I absolutely love that. And I think that honestly, I'm, that's, that's something I'm seeing a lot now that menopause mm-hmm. is, is kind of, there's a spotlight in the media right. on menopause and perimenopause. There are so many I keep seeing it obviously because I'm I'm working in this area I'm sure you are too is in mm. my feed on Instagram or any social media it's popping up all these this mm. is going to solve it this will do it and try yeah. this try this try this and it, it's really concerning because you know there are women that are just so exhausted I would have mm-hmm. been one of them two years ago that would have, and yeah. actually I was I there were so many things I bought to mm-hmm. think oh, well just take this this will make me feel better mm. and it didn't I must have wasted so much money yeah. And then the the journey that you go on inside where it's like, oh yes, this is going to work. This is going to be the mm. one thing that fixes me. And it's it's to be able to step back and take that holistic look and realize that the healing yeah. happens within and and there is a way to get to that is is just such it's like a warm hug. <laughs> it's like yeah. Like well, and it's impa- it's like, oh, actually, I don't have to outsource my healing. I can yeah. insource this. It's all in here. And yeah. it's just really like just learning, but my, I love to, I love knowing that I'm really just giving people the toolkit and then, and then they'll have that for a lifetime. It is a lifetime yeah. practice. Um, one thing I want to speak to that is that we, from the Ayurvedic perspective, there's like three phases, stages of healing. We always start with diet, lifestyle, and stress management. Okay. The next phase, if that doesn't clear everything up, then we move on to supplements and herbs and, you know, um, additional things. And then the third phase would be, you know, when we need to just stabilize the system or if something's gotten so progressed that it can't be healed, um, then we would move to more pharmaceuticals and surgery and so forth. Uh, we kind of flipped that script here, but right in terms of like the supplement piece, you know, there's this idea if we just take, find the right supplements, it's going to fix everything. Right. Um, I love herbs, you know, like mm. I, I, of course I, I see the tremendous power of that, but it's going to be so much more effective. If you have the lifestyle diet and stress management down, then you get the whole shebang from it. Mm. But I often see that when we start working with the diet, lifestyle and stress management, a lot of stuff clears up and we don't have to work with as many supplements. That's so fascinating. Oh yeah. my goodness. Wow. So yeah. Do you, the work you do, is it all in person? Is it online? Like where can, mm. where can people find you and, and how yeah. would it work with you? 
So um, through Essential Living, I'm predominantly working online. So, okay. we're, you know, it's because I have people from different parts of the country. Um, and but I also do in-person workshops um, in the greater Boston area as well. Okay. So if people do want, I offer free discovery sessions to people too. So if they want to go to my website and schedule a free discovery session with me, we can talk about your challenges, what's going on with you, um, to help you get a better vision of what it is you want for your health and for help to help me understand what's going on with you and see how I can help. Yeah. Um, and then essential living enrolls in the next round. I'm enrolling now for the next round, which starts in mid mid May. Okay. Um, and so it enrolls every May, August, uh, November and February. That's fascinating. That's I'm yeah. so excited. I, I'm definitely interesting. To, I think, okay. Yeah, I think, <laughs> sure. um, we'd love to take a look into this. And where can people find you? So that you've got the website, which we'll link to as well. But um, okay. what about social media? Are you active on social? On yes. Instagram? Yeah. Yeah. And Instagram is predominantly where I'm active. So um, Courtney Lacava underscore Ayurveda. Okay. Fantastic. Yeah. Courtney, this has been amazing. I want. To, I am ending um, every podcast with a question so mm -hmm. you know linking back to the whole menno shine and the and the focus on that we can shine our way through this so where in your life do you refuse to pause so that you can shine um so my answer to that would be that i refuse to kind of give into this idea that we have to just be constantly pushing ourselves in order to find our power and so i refuse to pause in having the pause and the space <laughs> Yeah. Um, that I actually recognize that um, what I want most from life, I will find in, in that balance between action and doing, but also the, the, the solitude, the connection, the rest and rejuvenation and really recognizing that as my divine right. Mm, I love that. That's a fantastic answer. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much for, thank for being so on much the for having me. Yeah, yeah this, this is, is wonderful. Such a, such a great conversation. And I'm sure many of the listeners will be reaching out to you because I, I for one, am fascinated. And I think <laughs> this feels, it feels easy. It feels mm -hmm. like yeah. it doesn't feel like, oh, I have to start this thing that mm -hmm. doesn't feel good. This feels like yeah. you just, it's your birthright. Like it feels natural, right. easy. So. What keeps you healthy is actually quite simple. Um, it really is. So yeah. we're just, it's like getting back to the garden and, and uh, reconnecting to the wisdom that's already in there. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah. Great way to end. That's a Thank lovely question. All right. This thanks so wonderful. much, Courtney. Okay. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. I hope that you enjoyed it. If you did, please leave me a rating and review and don't forget to subscribe. It helps so much. Also, drop me a line. Let me know which symptom of perimenopause or menopause that you'd like me to write a poem about. If I pick yours, you'll get a little treat. Until next time, have a fabulous day and remember to menno shine your way through this because no one should have to pause.